0: there, folks. This is WP Tonic, episode 120. We've got a great friend of the show, and I've been really looking forward to this interview all week, and that's Matt from the Matt Report. Hi there, Matt. Would you like to um, tell a bigger introduction and tell the audience a bit about yourself if you really need to, Matt?
1: No, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt, from the Matt Report. I do that I do another podcast called Plugged in Radio talking about WordPress plugins. It's been a little bit of a hiatus even though it just started um, running a WordPress agency which we'll probably talk about today. Sell a WordPress plugin and WordPress themes. Which we'll probably talk about today and I also rant about WordPress stuff on Twitter.
0: Like to introduce yourself, John.
2: Sure thing. my name is John Locke and I run a small WordPress consultancy in Sacramento called Lockdown Design.
0: And I'm the um, co-host of this show and I'm going to be leading for the first part and then John will be leading in the second part. Um, I'm the founder of WP Tonic and if you've got legacy clients which you don't really know what to do with WP Tonic can help you if you're a developer designer. So Matt, I've been really looking forward to the chat. Um, So let's hit off with what the title was. Um, And I think it's been a a bit of a theme in your series, um, this series, really, when you've been talking to people. And I like to say I think you've really come back this series really strong and you've had some fantastic interviews, um, Matt. Um, I've really listened to almost all of them and I've really enjoyed them. Um, But I I chose this topic with your agreement because I felt there was a kind of theme in this season about where wordpress is going and is it getting harder for developers designers uh, agency owners like yourself to make a a decent living out of wordpress um let's start off what's what's your kind of reaction to the the broadness of the question and any insights matt
1: sure sure so i'm I'm Number one, I'm glad that you have found season three to be so much more enthralling than the last season. The last season oh, was did <laughs> say that.
0: The last season was fantastic as well. Just saying it got even better.
1: No, listen, I'll, and I'll and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why. And really, like I said, in this season, really just getting back to the roots of talking about WordPress and where people are uh, in the WordPress space. You know, in terms of their business and, and their journey in WordPress. So, I'm actually glad that I did switch things up in season two, sort of, I, you know, that, that was an experiment. I try to do everything as experiment business-wise, is I'm always trying new things and trying not to get stuck doing the same old thing over and over again, especially with podcasts, because people have such limited time. And we're already talking about a small niche thing of WordPress, right? So season two was sort of a mix of just randomness, uh, bringing on um, a dedicated host to it, and other stuff, season three getting back to the roots talking to people about WordPress. And it's I'm, what I was getting at is I'm glad there was a gap. I'm glad there was a good solid probably year when I didn't dig deep into what people were doing with WordPress because it's a great podcast um, from season one, what official season one, and even pre-season one of where people were and sort of the uptick of freelancing, agency building, product building, I saw that curve going up. Then there was a plateau, which I never discussed on, on the airs because I changed the format. But now we're starting to see where people are either talking about a plateau or people have gotten the hell out, right? <laughs> um, in my episode that I have coming up next week, Rob Walling from Drip, and he just sold his business to Lead Pages, right? And I think what we're now seeing is not just WordPress, but anybody who started. The digital biz business with air quotes in the air. Anyone who started the digital business, we're seeing this sort of uh, this trend where now people are like, you know, what it's either a great time to sell because people are investing in these types of things, um, or you know, I've just built all I could do in, on my own, right? And as most of us out there in, in the Twitter sphere, WordPress, they're freelancers or small partnerships or boutique agencies, right? So no more than maybe six people. Uh, even if we're all contractors on a particular job, so I think what we're what we're seeing is now people are like, yeah, you know, I think the I think everybody jumping on the WordPress ship um, and people being able to find the, their WordPress developer of choice or WordPress theme of choice starting to get a little bit more um, starting to get a little bit harder, right, for for folks that are out there. Um, and I do want to say, John, that you know, noticing and and you know. I think that you've both done a great job at focusing on your own businesses, right? So knowing what I know of both of you from, let's say a year, two years, even three years ago, seeing where both of your businesses are at, you've become a lot more focused, a lot more narrowed down on the type of business that you want to go after versus, I'm the WP person, come you know, come hire me, right? And I think you guys have both done a great job at that.
0: Well oh, thank you, Matt. Yeah, oh, definitely. Thanks. So, Matt, what's
1: so you- the point of that? So the point of that, at uh, you know, of, of recognizing that out of both of you is it's getting harder. But I think we're also a lot of us are starting to get a lot smarter about it, too. So a year ago, two years ago, we could all be that WordPress person and we could still get business. Not that nobody's getting business now, but it's just a little bit easier. Right now. I think we're sort of falling into our own. Verticals, our own, uh, our own individual niches. Those of us that don't, it becomes a lot harder, right? For those of us that don't.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm really pushed. Pulled, I should say. I'm really pulled in two directions here, Matt, because I think in some ways I sense it is getting harder, and I think it, and I sense it's not totally that there's a lot new people entering, so the actual level competition. Because there's in reality there's always, I think, even two years ago, two three years ago, a lot of people entered the WordPress. Area, community, whatever you want to name it, but um, I think also there's a lot more other platforms, um, you, you know. And I, uh, I think last weekend when we had the virtual conference, and Matt, um, I actually asked him a question, and he was talking that he really saw a threat from Wix spending forty million dollars and other. Priority kind of platforms as a real threat to WordPress. Do you, do you agree with him, um, being you, you're the next highest mat in the community, that, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, that these priority that might be a factor, like the Wix and other similar platforms are starting now to encroach quite heavily in the bread and butter of the WordPress developer designer community?
1: Sure. Uh, so... Um, the I think, sorry, I think there's a few things at play um when you bring that up. Number one is anybody that anybody new who's coming into WordPress trying to build a website. They're trying to build a website for their business. Everybody is trying to do it themselves at first, right? Because it's just it's just who we are right and like we're all we're all entrepreneurs we're all trying to bootstrap things we're all trying to do it as affordable as possible right so we all try to go at go it alone we try to do our taxes alone we try to hire people without uh you know either counsel or legal help you know we do all these things without other professionals in our business but i know the three of us and maybe people watching this show we get we we get angry when people build their own website without talking to us first we're like what are you doing hire a professional we know what we're doing uh the problem is is WordPress is still very difficult, right, for the person who's just trying to do it themselves. And I see time and time again people that I follow from my local, my local network circle, right? Uh, there's a girl that works out of my co-working space who's, you know, trying to do the Internet thing. Um, there are people that I uh, consult in an accelerator program that I'm a part of, and some, uh, some of those people are trying to do, you know, get an ebook published or do some marketing stuff. And they all are told to use WordPress and they all give up on it because they don't know where, I don't even want to say they don't know where to start. I think there's enough information on where to start. And it usually starts at the host, wherever they host their website, but they don't know where to start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. EDD, opt-in monster, like all these things get the right theme. And a lot of them spend the most amount of time, not on their business plan, not on their marketing message, but on what color blue they want on their WordPress site and trying to get it pixel perfect through another competitor's website or something else that they've seen. And they spend way too much time spinning their wheels doing that. And they get frustrated and they give up. So what does Wix and Squarespace do really well? They present themes really well, right? And Helen, the core uh, contributor and lead for 4.7, I think it was yesterday or the day before, might've been yesterday. And she went on a tweet storm on what it's like to search for a theme in the repo and set it up. It's a nightmare, right? And um, it's not easy. I mean, not plugins, not like plugins are any, are any better at this point, a little bit better maybe, but it's just not easy for somebody to spin up something quick. And everybody wants quick. Nobody wants to spend the time on it. And it's like insurance in a sense where, you don't know you need it until you need it, right? <laughs> right? And you don't know you need it until you've got your site on Wix. And all of a sudden, a year from now, your business is actually starting to kick up, right? So you're starting to make some sales. You're starting to get some things going. And you're like, I heard about this SEO thing. Let me, let me, figure, it. Let me figure out how to optimize my pages. Or I heard about this company called Leadpages and email marketing automation. How to get that into my site. And then you hit the wall of Wix. And Squarespace, I'm sure they're a little bit better now, but most of all the instructions you see is dive into the HTML, set it up, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I can't do that with where I'm at. And then they say, oh, you should use a WordPress site. And then the wheel starts again, right? Or they finally have enough money to hire somebody. Um, so is it a threat? Of course, you know, of course. Um, but it's not a global, air quotes again, global threat to WordPress. site, you know, I don't think. And I think what we see is with Jetpack and the initiatives of .com and Calypso, we're we're in the infancy stage of how Matt envisions simplifying WordPress. That's my conspiracy theory: is all of this stuff is leading to an easier to spin up WordPress experience. Um, yeah, and so I think that's what that's think that's the the long the long game on that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. There's two questions that come to mind, um, but I'm gonna go for my original one, and then we're gonna come back because I've got a secondary question that's just coming in my mind, Matt. But this go for the original question. I think that was a great insight, Matt. But um, I think we've dealt with the lower level, but I think we're in a pincer movement here a little bit because let's go upscale. Let's go up to the hundred to $250,000 project plus, because you've got experience with that with higher education. They seem to still have a love affair with Drupal, and they still, to some extent, but obviously you're getting some traction in the education sector, so I thought you were the guy to ask. Um there still seems to be a preference to Drupal, really, rather than looking at WordPress. First of all, would you agree with that to some extent? And if you do, have you got any insights why that is?
1: Um, so another another one with a lot of threads of thought. So the <clears throat> I can say that my experience in the web world dates back to drupal 4 going into drupal 5 and then drupal 5 going to drupal 6 where i manage the team of drupal developers right so and then now compare that to what i see in higher ed and there are plenty of agencies uh probably like modern tribe and the whole wp campus movement that have a lot of insights towards this but i really think it is because uh there's two things One, I think engineers that use Drupal um, for whatever reason are, at least in my experience, tend to be in the enterprise and higher ed space for whatever reason. There is a fan base there, for lack of a better word. There's a Drupal fan base there, for lack of a better word, from the engineering and technology teams. Um, For whatever reason, the stigma is there. I was talking to a uh, professor at a local university that I wanted to come talk at my WordPress meetup. And uh, he said, you know, I I don't really know anything about WordPress anymore. Um, I know some of my students use it for blogging, but I'm a Drupal guy. So I, and this is, you know, a really tenured um, marketing professor. He actually has a PhD. And I said, you know, why, why, you know, why did you lose sight of WordPress and why do you use Drupal? And his answer was, because wordpress isn't responsive and i was like what do you mean like not fast enough like not you know you don't get things quick enough and he's like no no it's just not mobile ready out of the box so i was just i'm like no no that's themes and it hasn't been that way for like seven years like <laughs> i don't know like it's, it's not wordpress isn't responsive it's my whatever theme you used wasn't responsive um so I say that because people come in from all sorts of assumptions. And I think one major assumption on the technical level versus sort of that marketing and user level is Drupal. And there's probably a real technical argument towards this, but Drupal is more, and I'm going to get shot for this, but stable, right? It's more stable. It doesn't iterate as fast as WordPress, which comes with a whole host of other problems by, by doing that. But I feel like, um, I mean, look, I've been hearing about Drupal 8 for three years, I think, and it's still either just launched or not even launched yet. I, I'm, I'm not even sure. Um, so it's a slow process, and I think that corporations like that a little bit more. Enterprise likes that, uh, doesn't like the fast iterations as much. Not to say that if you hired an agency, you had somebody that news what they were doing, you couldn't solve that with WordPress, and plenty of people do. Um, but I think that in the enterprise space, a lot of people sort of gravitate towards that. I had a—I was dealing with a, a large agency in Boston and we spent hours quoting a project, working numbers out on an estimate for a project. And they came back to me and said that the, their client wanted Drupal. And that was it. That was the end of the discussion. I was like, well, I just wasted two days worth of work for nothing. <laughs> um, and they wanted Drupal. And I said, I'd be happy to get on you know, the phone but you know, they, they probably didn't even want them knowing that they were outsourcing to us for, for development. Um, and the client just wanted Drupal. And, and I think in, in those spaces, um, it's just it's a tough sell. And then I'd also add on to the fact that I would imagine that Acquia's sales team is much more aggressive um, in selling this enterprise solution to other enterprises. Uh, whereas I don't think... And, I, and you can't quote me on this, I don't think the VIP team is, has an aggressive outbound sales team uh, that Acquia certainly does. Because don't forget, Acquia drew the line in the sand dating back to, I, I think, like 2008 is when Acquia officially announced them, you know, b- became a corporate uh, enterprise-focused entity and Drupal, uh, you know, was an open source project.
0: I think that's a great insight. They want to get Jake Goldsmith as as head of it, don't they? He, he might get aggressive, would he? Yeah, <laughs> in a in a good way. Um, yeah, I like Jake. Uh, um, so um, yeah, I think that was great insightfulness. Um, I'm just going to give um, my pennies worth before we go um, to our, to our break. Actually. Um, because I used to, um, I, w- I was an expert on it, but I did a few sites in the Expression Engine and I was part of the, a uh, little bit of the Expression Engine cause community, because it was really very popular in the UK. And it's obvious, folks, I'm not a native Nevadan. Uh, um, so it was popular in I never U- knew that's what people from Nevada were called. <laughs> Nevadan? <laughs> London. And... Uh, um, yeah Expression Engine was really popular and um I think a lot of top tier agencies um they tend to want to use Expression Engine or Drupal basically and uh, I think a lot of that is um on the smaller projects they tend to go to ThemeForest and they think they think um anything below 10 grand ten thousand dollars they tend to hit the theme forest and um they think that's wordpress where um it isn't it has its place and it's fine but that that is not wordpress is it you know the wordpress is a lot more than just theme forest isn't it
1: right and and i just just want to add real quick before you go to to break our commercial how much money do you guys make on this show jesus i don't even have commercial breaks in the middle of mine um I would say that the people that I'm talking to like in the higher ed space and even in the enterprise space is still a good time at that level for WordPress as difficult as it's becoming. And and again, I'm not trying to paint the picture like, Oh my God, the the world is ending. But I, I think we just have to position ourselves slightly different than we were in the last few years. But I think a lot of enterprise folks who have been stuck in, um, uh, proprietary contracts, because I talk to a lot of people that are getting out of that. They're looking at WordPress and they're saying, "Wow, I can save a boatload of money on my car insurance <laughs> by switching to WordPress." Uh, and they are, and they are, because there are a lot of archaic systems out there that people are paying ridiculous amounts of money for, and they can finally move to WordPress, which I, which I think is a huge boon for them.
0: That's great, Matt. So we're going to go for our first hour break, folks, and we'll be back in a minute. And uh, John, my co-host, will um, start off the conversation. Um, before we go to a break, remember, folks, please um, subscribe to iTunes. It really helps the show. And if you found this interview really interesting, hopefully you have. Give us a review. It really does help the show on iTunes. So we'll be back, and my co host John Locke will be answering the first question back in a minute.
1: Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area? I know the best CRS real estate broker, and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at KarenConrad.com or call directly at 775 527 7021.
0: We're coming back, folks, and John's going to take over and we're going to delve some more into this uh, fascinating subject with a great friend of the show, Matt, from the Matt Report. Thanks, Jonathan.
2: Uh, Matt, I feel like you and I um, have a lot in common, and I think we share a similar strength that a lot of people in the web development world maybe don't have, and that's we both have a blue-collar background in having to do sales um and not just writing code. Uh, and there's kind of two there's kind of two ways that you can really make money in the WordPress space. and that's either through products or it's through client services. But I think in both areas, uh, and especially in client services, uh, there's a need for uh, positioning and marketing that isn't being addressed. And so you know the main topic is is it getting harder to make money in the sandbox? And I think in a way, It's, uh, yes, but I think if you're differentiated, the answer is no. So speak a little bit on that. Like how important is the sales marketing and voice?
1: Yeah. So look, I I think there's, I think there's always going to be a place for people who come knocking on, on your door and say, I just want the lowest price, right? Like I just want the lowest price. I don't care. Um, And and one of my favorite pastimes is actually is actually going through the WordPress jobs board, right? To kind of see the reality uh, that's out there at the real low end, right? Um, And it would be interesting to see if people could actually serve that market because I think with even the right messaging for a lot of the people who post things like, uh, you know, people who post things like, give me a website for two hundred bucks. Uh, you know, I think with a little education, a lot of the folks that are posting those questions, it would go a long way, and they actually might invest a little bit more. Um, so, at, at first glance, what we do anyway, when when a, s- a low budget project comes in, is we will spend some time, small amounts of time, trying to educate, seeing if they even want to be educated, uh, even if it's just through a look. We don't have the you don't have the budget for our team to come in. But what we can do is like a site audit, kind of give you a professional opinion on where you should go. right? And that's just spinning uh, a little bit of the marketing message. right? So it's not just saying, no, it's not just saying find someone else. Maybe if you're open to it, maybe an hour or two of consulting will get you on the right path. right? Or maybe we can even answer the question, you can go and do it yourself. Uh, tools are getting a little bit easier uh, to use for folks, and maybe they want to spend a little bit of time doing it themselves. But... Um, You know, John, like we were saying at the top of the show is I think you've done a great job sort of funneling the message uh, of your own website, right? Of people coming to your website saying, what is it that you can do? And I think it was interesting because around 2008, 2009, I think what you saw was this mass exodus from going from a bigger agency or like... Let me put it as an example of my local market. A lot of the businesses that we serviced used to get their website built by their IT company. Right? And I think we've all seen that. I think we've all been there before where it's like, well, they came and they fixed my printer and they said that they would do my website for me too. So, you know, we just do the website with them and there's no creative talent. There's no marketing message, none of that stuff. And they don't even have time to fix their website when something happens and they, they charge me $200 and it drives me crazy. So I think there was this exodus of people going, you know what? I'm going to go away from that all-you-can-eat company, whether it's an agency or an IT company. I'm going to find a boutique agency or somebody who specializes in my website. And I think a lot of us got stuck in that, that, or we didn't adapt uh, as time passed. So what do I mean by that? I think a lot of us focused on WordPress development, WordPress design, and we didn't pivot. To watch for marketing automation, mobile apps, um, and start to become a little bit more of the all-you-can-eat to a degree, right? And find that vertical that we can really excel at. Um, I did a little bit, and look, it's not easy, right? It's not easy. You just one day you don't just wake up and say, you know, I'm just going to focus on this vertical. It's very tough to do that. Uh, you have to have a really good team, and you have to have really good clients in place to be able to do that. So. We were lucky enough to, you know, stay with higher ed and publishing clients, traditional publishers, magazines, newspapers, because that's those are the markets we sort of got a lot of, and we kind of figured it out, and we know how to speak their language because that's important, too. Um, but I think in the, er- in the early years of the WordPress Gold Rush, a lot of folks, you know, sort of hunkered down and said, I do WordPress design and development. And then over the years, it got a little bit more difficult because they never wanted to one market themselves but two adapt to the market and say well I learned this thing called marketing automation and how I integrate that right I'm not a fan of productized services as much as everybody else loves them I do to a degree so just in case people don't know it's like you take this gigantic service and you funnel it down into like this to-do list and you can build a website for 500 bucks like I get it but I feel like a lot of people who do get into that uh, situation, money on the table, right? We talked about this uh, the other day with real estate agents, right? It's like, well, I can done for you website for 500 bucks. Well, guess what? Yeah, it works for one client, but then the next client walks to the door and they're like, well, I don't like that over there and I don't like this over here and I, I want this content area to be bigger. I want my images to pop out. And you're like, no, 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 no. My $500 package is just what you're looking at right here. And they go, well, oh, I, I don't really want that, right? Well, okay, fine. Now, then you start going, well, for a couple more hours, I'll just tweak it around for you. And, they're, and then you you tweak it, and they go, well, you know what? Well, I like it the other way. And you're like, yeah, I could have just sold this thing for $5,000 and just <laughs> and got my values, you know, got sold it on value and got paid a little bit more money to get the stuff done. Um, so... I think that folks really have to find um, the particular client that they have synergy with at the same time, right? And don't sell yourself too short. I think a lot of folks sell themselves too short with the services that they provide people, me included, right? There are plenty of times where I've sat back and looked at numbers and said, I'm going to go with like $20,000 on this project. And then they come back and they were like, yes. And I was like, Jesus, that was so easy. You know, <laughs> what happens if I asked for 40? Would it, you know, would, would we have had a little bit of negotiation going on uh, here? Maybe I would have got it down to 35. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, for those that follow him, that's he, when he started his agency, which is now like a thousand person, mega agency. Um, that's how he started pricing. He started at 10 then he went to 20 and then he asked the next person for 30 and then he went to 50 and somebody told him to jump off a bridge. So he's like, okay, never mind, not 50, 40, and they said yes, right? So that's how he sort of figured out pricing in the agency world. One of the great things about the agency game is it's a game, right? It's uh, it's about relationships. It's about delivering, number one, but you can set your price, and if your customer finds value in that, and you're actually providing the value, so be it.
2: No, I think those are excellent points. Um, You know, when you're talking about finding a vertical where you fit in, where you can speak the language of the customer. But something you're also saying there is you have to run your business like a business. Like the goal of your business is to stick around for your clients to where you can service them in the future. And I do think a lot of people undervalue their services or maybe they don't push their boundaries enough. Um, you know, how, how much practice does that take to, to kind of like keep pushing your boundaries and knowing your worth and, and being able to deliver that value? Uh, and I think you touched on it a little bit before, but, you know, being an all around like consultant, um, <clears throat> instead of just a technician, I've never walked into
1: Walmart and said, man, I love that store. That was great. <laughs> I can't wait to go back. Right? Never. Ever. But Walmart has the lowest prices. <laughs> uh, I walk into Apple and I have fun. It's exciting. There's new products. There's always something nice to touch. and. And you walk in and you're like, here's my phone. This isn't an iPhone, but I used to have one. Here's my phone. It broke. And then somebody takes it. They take it apart. They fix it. And they come back and they go, it's all set. Here you go. Right? Most of the time, they just give you another one, right, on your phone, uh, if it's you know relatively within the, in the warranty. And there's and it just work. You walk in, you give it to them, they hand it back, you get an email receipt, you're done, you're out, whatever. And you're like, that was a great experience, but I paid a boatload of money for this phone. <laughs> but you paid a lot of money and you got great service. Um, you know, anything goes with any kind of, you know, high-end luxury. Uh, you will fill in the blank. Uh, you know, whatever luxury car you might drive or want to drive or buy a Mercedes, BMW, whatever, that experience is there, but you're paying for it nine times out of ten. Um, and it's very important that... You find the right clients, and you can only do that through trial and error. (laughs) Uh, I wish there was a secret sauce, you know, to tell people, but there isn't. And the biggest thing that you can do is get out there and keep selling, bringing in projects, and understanding that you have to evaluate every customer. So it's like you cast out a net to, to go fishing, you pull in a bunch of fish, and you go, this one's too small, you throw it back. This one's big, perfect. This one's right on the edge. Let's you know, let's see if we can get away with it, right? And we throw that into the boat. We try to keep. We try to keep going on. When you push the boundaries, though, it is important that you do provide that value. So you have to be cautious of that, right? So you can't just like fake it to make it and like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a project with, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I just sold a forty thousand dollar project. Or no, let's let's even like bring it down. I sold a fifteen thousand dollar project can't wait to deliver on this if you go into that meeting and you're telling them about you know their deadlines because anybody with a fifteen thousand dollar budget they probably have a good deadline it's not like eh, whenever you get to it it's going to be like for a sales cycle coming up or a big marketing thing coming up or whatever or they need it for back to school whatever you have to deliver on that and you have to keep them in the communicative loop of telling them what's going on with the project because that is detrimental to keeping the client happy. And what'll happen is, if it's like your first fifteen thousand dollar project, but you get a whole bunch of other like five hundred dollar projects in the you know in the pipeline, and that's dragging you down, you're going to lose sight of this fifteen thousand dollar project, and they're not going to be happy because you're not going to perform at your best. So you do have to be ready. You have to be ready to deliver the value on that. Especially in bigger business, um, enterprise clients, uh, they're hiring you because of the continuity. They want to know that, let's say you're the lead developer, if something happens to you, nothing, nothing even bad. But all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got a vacation going on. They go, okay, who do we talk to? When you're gone, you better say, well... My junior dev or my project manager or this other person they want they don't want you to be like okay see you later we'll, we'll work on your on your time no they they want you to deliver and they expect your company to be there even if you're not um which goes back to your sustainability thing right you want to be profitable because you want to be you want your customers to tell you to be profitable because they want you around right have yeah, another presentation that i do is i usually show uh, or I used to show when I was doing more sort of small business consulting is I would show a dollar bill. Uh, I did this talk in Miami <clears> to <throat> so show a dollar bill. And I would say 80 or uh, 60% of it goes to payroll. 20% of it goes to my overhead. So my rent and electricity. so it was, a, it, was like a picture, right? it was just like a picture, right? It's just like it's in the slide deck, the slide deck picture of a dollar bill, Sliced into three quadrant, three three uh, pieces. Sixty percent goes to payroll. Twenty percent goes to overhead. My electrician, my electricity, my rent. Twenty percent goes to profit. So I would say, Mister or Mrs. Customer, for every dollar you spend with me, twenty cents of that is my profit, and that goes back into running the business or reinvesting into the business to grow the business and stay afloat. Because the last thing you want to do is go back and knock on the neighbor's door to hire his or her nephew who lives in the basement and say, "Help me build my website again." We've already been down that path before. Um, so just be real, right? Just be real with customers. I don't even try. I, I try not even. I don't even try to do proposals anymore. I just cut to the chase. I just say it's going to cost you whatever, whatever number. I, I you know I think it might cost twenty grand, fifteen grand, ten grand, whatever it is. Like, does that, you know, they, oh, can you get back to me on that? I'll get back to you on it. I'll let you know, like, some of the stuff we're going to do, but I think you're looking at, like, 20,000. How do you know that? Because I've been doing it for 10 years, right? What you've asked me to do, I've done a million times, <laughs> right? And I can tell, like, everything that we're doing. I'm not going to go and go to my Excel graph, uh, Excel chart, and pr- plot all this stuff out for you. I know it's going to be roughly 20 grand. Are you, are you comfortable with that or not? You know?
2: I, I guess that's, yeah, that's a good point getting, you know, um, qualifying them like that, like, you know, finding out if they have the budget and, and if they're a good fit, uh, you know, definitely, um, that's part of, of, of getting like a good client base. Um, are there any other things that you would say to people who are looking to grow or they're wondering like, you know, how, how do I make this a living? Uh, You know, I've heard there's a gold rush, but I'm trying to figure it out. And and, and what's your advice? I I know what I would say to people that I want to hear what, you know, you have to say.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I'm actually writing an ebook about this right now. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So I, I would say that number one, you, as cliche as it sounds, like you have to set that goal of what it is that you want to get out of this business, right? Yes, you want to make some money. Yes, you might be in a nine to five job with a four hour commute every day and you're like, this sucks. I don't want to be in this cubicle anymore. I want to do my own thing. I feel like I have creative energy. Um, I think I can help other people get their message out there too. So define what that goal is for you. If you know you always want to be just a solo freelancer, what's that number? Forty grand a year, sixty grand a year, hundred grand a year, right? What is that number? If you think you want to grow an agency, a boutique agency, that becomes slightly more difficult because you're going to have to hire people, Uh, (laughs) and you have to start thinking about a lot more money um, and a lot more pain, right? So, if you look at Web Dev Studios and you're like, "That's so awesome! Like, I want to be like them," that doesn't come without a a lot of work and a lot of years um, and getting lucky some getting lucky sometimes. But being a freelancer is try to sit, try to find the person that you relate to best, right? Try to work with those customers as as much as possible. But know that if you're quitting your job, let's say, you're going to have to take on clients that you probably aren't going to like, but they're going to pay the bills for you, right? <laughs> and that's okay. You just know that one out of three, one out of every three clients, that's going to be a portfolio piece for you. Because ultimately, that's what it's going to boil down to. One out I mean, at least in my total guess off the top of my head is one out of every three clients is a real home run. They let you do whatever you wanted to do. They give you creative control. I'm not saying the other clients are bad, but it probably just wasn't the best experience. And you might not have liked the outcome because they wanted to control it a little bit more. They paid you fine. No problem. You just weren't happy with the project. Um, find the clients that you can get the most. Where do I get those clients? You got to get out. You've got to get out. Get out from behind Twitter and go find these people, you know, unless, I don't even want to say, I'm not even going to give you another <laughs> another example. You're going to get out and find these people, right? Find these people. Go to meetup.com, try to find a meetup, um, try to find some kind of, you know, networking event in your area, cold call people. I don't care. Like, you, you just have to find, you know, the right people. What about this content marketing thing? I heard I could just attract people through content marketing. Yes, it's the same damn problem. Right? Because once, if, you've never, if you haven't done it before, you start that content marketing wheel. The day you hit publish, you've only got zero people reading it, right? except for maybe yourself. so <laughs> You've got one person uh, reading it. Um, and that's going to take a lot of time too. Um, it's a balancing act for sure. You want to do all these things. You want to get it all out there. Um, and then if you're somebody who's like me, not a developer, right? yeah, you're technical enough. You're a web professional, right? You understand these things. You understand what Facebook means. You understand how to run a Facebook ad. You might be able to link that up to a landing page at somebody's WordPress site. Um, You know how to install Yoast SEO. Um, Find the tools that you uh, are comfortable using. Beaver Builder, Conductor, genesis and studio press uh framework um themes from you know iThemes, whatever it is backup buddy to back up your stuff whatever it might be jetpack uh jetpack's honestly becoming increasingly better uh with four dot x right around the corner find the tools that you're comfortable with and don't be afraid to spend a little money <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, true you know totally true buy a theme pack buy a good plugin and reinvest that into the company
0: i think that was fantastic we we're going to end the formal podcast, folks, but hopefully uh, Matt is going to agree to stay on for another 10, maybe 15 minutes. He's a busy man. He's got a young family now. But hopefully <laughs> we'll be continuing the discussion, which you will find on the WP Tonic website with a full set of um, a full transcription of what we've been talking about on the show. Plus, you can go to the WP Tonic YouTube channel, which my co-host has been improving drastically uh, rather we're getting a lot more subscribers um, to wrap up Matt thank you so much for coming back to the show Matt I just want to give you one Matt's one of my favourite people in WordPress because he was one of the first people that agreed to come on the show when I started over two years ago and um, it was quite gracious of him to agree because he didn't know me and we were just starting out and you've contributed so much um, I've learned a lot from your podcast Matt and I think you really have contributed an enormous amount to the WordPress community and I just want to thank you for that Matt
1: Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for thanking me. And thanks for having me here. It's a real pleasure. It's a
0: real pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. How can people get hold of you, Matt?
1: Uh, They can find me on Twitter at Matt Report, M-A-T-T Report or MattReport.com.
0: Thanks, Matt. And John, how can people get hold of you? They can find me at my website, which is
2: Lockdown Design. There's a silent E after the lock. And you can find me on Twitter, Lockdown underscore. How did the fine people get a hold of you, Jonathan?
0: They um I answer my email, all the email that comes to WP Tonic, a bit like Pippin Williamson. Um so if you email support or Jonathan at WP-Tonic.com, you get a message back from me the next same day or next day. Or at jonathan denwood that's my twitter handle and people have always remarked that i reply to that pretty quick <laughs> so um yeah. so like i said we're ending this part of the show folks we'll be back on saturday for the live round table which is getting really popular getting a lot of good feedback from people about our round tables on saturday you can join us on that on fire talk and be part of the discussion um, so please join us at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Fire Talk, and uh, you can be part of the roundtable discussion. And we're, we also will have another great interview next Wednesday with somebody part of the WordPress community. See you later, folks. Bye.